0: deep in my soul Down deep in my soul You give me joy Down deep in my soul Down deep in my soul Down deep in my soul There's pain in my brokenness I've got true love instead of pain There's freedom You've captured me. I've got your instead of morning. There's beauty in my body.
1: You give me joy Down deep in my soul Down deep in
0: my soul Down deep in my soul I've never been so free Guarding your love for me I've never been more secure Knowing your heart, oh. I've never, never been so free guarding Love for me.
1: Never been and more secure. Your you your joy. Down deep, soul, down deep in my soul. Down deep in my soul. Down deep in my soul. So you give me joy. Down deep in my soul. Down deep in my soul. Down deep in my soul. Down deep in my soul.
2: How's everyone doing tonight? We got a great night. We got people getting baptized right over there. Am I right? Come on, come on. And I'll tell you what, you know what this shirt is I have on right now? This is my spring shirt. And this is a declaration that from this moment on, we are entering into spring. Am I right? So, and it's warmer this week. You guys know it was actually me who caused that. Okay, I want you to know that. But hey, before we get started tonight, we got um, just just an unbelievable service with baptism. Michael Bouchard's here to preach, and it's just going to be amazing just seeing God transforms life. I think this is one of my favorite services, just getting to see what God is doing, and we're so happy you guys are here. Whether you're new or you've been here for a long time, you're welcome here. And so before we get going, I just wanted to give you guys kind of put on your radar some of the things going on and and some of you guys know that we have a midweek service here and we've been off for about six months just because of easter and spring break so actually this wednesday i believe it is april 18th we have a midweek service at 7 p.m i heard some claps Come on! We're back! We're coming! So I'll tell you what, if you haven't been here, we're continuing on chapter 3 of Philippians. And these nights, if you haven't been, I would tell you come. If you haven't been in a while, come back. And if you're a regular, thank you, and keep coming, okay? And I really believe it's going to be like an adrenaline shot to your soul. That you will come to these nights, and you will leave encouraged. You will encounter God, and it will be an absolutely incredible night. So we got midweek this Wednesday. Tell your friends because we know we didn't have services this morning, so not as many people know. Second thing going on. How many of you guys here have ever done Alpha before? I like it. We got. I, I hear you guys out there. Okay. And so some of you guys know we're actually starting the spring session of Alpha, and Alpha is like an eight-week course where you can come and really discuss and ask questions about the fundamental things of this Christian faith. If you've ever had questions like, "How do I pray? What's my purpose? How do I read the Bible?" Come on Tuesday nights. It's actually starting tomorrow at 6:30 p.m. There's going to be a meal. There'll be a group table leader, and you'll just enter into a discussion and learn those fundamental things of the faith. And so, if you want, you can get more information KensingtonChurch.org/alpha. Like I said, it's tomorrow night. And if you want more information, there's going to be a table in the lobby after this service. So I would encourage you go out there. I've talked to so many people that have done Alpha and it has significantly always impacted their life, and it's been an amazing thing. Third thing we got you guys still with me? I like, I got some, I got some people over here. And so (laughs) I'm just kidding. But actually some of you guys, uh, maybe you've heard this, uh, this next Friday. So April 20th, April 21st, we're doing a new conference at Kensington. It's called the move out conference. And we actually have a video that we're going to show you that will give you a little bit of information on this. So check this out.
3: Maybe you like coming down to Detroit's Eastern Market to grab some farm fresh food, hang out with some friends, check out the local art scene, and just soak up the culture of the city. But what if we're able to see a place like this as more than just a fun spot to hang? What if we actually saw this as the church? chance if you're watching this right now that there's a place just like this in your own life where God's already working and He's calling you to join it. It could be where you work. it could be in your local school. it could be at your kids' sporting events. it could be anywhere.' This is really good man. Oh, thank you. So on April 20th and 21st we're hosting the move out conference at the Troy campus. This conference has got one idea in mind to connect you to God's calling on your life. We're going to help you develop a plan and see you move out in action, becoming the church, loving and serving the people that God has placed all around you. Coming here from author, speaker, and pastor of New Song Church in California, Dave Gibbons. What would the church look like if it's not contained on a piece of land? The CEO of the New York City Rescue Mission, Craig Mays. If there's a child that is homeless, you don't bring them in so that you can get them into heaven. You bring them in because they shouldn't be homeless. Pastor of Grace Midtown in Atlanta, Georgia, Matt Reynolds. We want to be a part of the kingdom that is building a culture that honors God and one another, or are we just going to be a part of our own little kingdom, building our own little life? And founder of Kensington Church, Steve Andrews. People that are launching new initiatives, new dreams, new ideas, new ministries that that are going to change the way people live. We believe that you are the church, and it's time for us to move out. To register, hit up kensingtonchurch.org slash move out.
2: Yeah, so I, I would really encourage you guys, Jenna and I, my wife. Hey, Jenna. Uh, We actually had the opportunity with Dave Gibbons, one of the speakers, about a month ago. We did a week-long training with him at Don and Sue Anderson's house. They're our global partner leaders. And it honestly, for us in the past year, it was one of the most life-giving things we've gotten to do. It was a week-long session with him. And so I know those speakers coming in it's going to be a phenomenal couple of days. So I would encourage you, go to the website, kensingtonchurch.org, slash move out. There's information, even in the program, if you, if you got one. If you didn't, grab one on the way out, get information. But really what that, that, that conference is going to be about, it's going to be about you discovering what does it look like for me to live out the calling and the purpose God has for my life outside of the walls of the church. So I would encourage you, get there. It's going to be unbelievable. And we got one more thing for you, I think. Some of you guys know we have Smash coming up. It's the Women's Retreat. We do it yearly at Kensington. Let me hear you, women. All right. And I get in trouble because some of you guys know my mom, Ann Wilson, helps put this on. And I know for women, this will be one of the most incredible weekends you commit yourself to this year. Um, Every year, there's so much life change. There's going to be incredible speakers. There's a theme this year called Radiant about you living out and being the woman God has called you to be. So I would encourage you, go sign up now, because it's sold out in the past really quickly. So I would encourage you, I'm trying to find some information. It's got to be kensingtonchurch.org slash smash, and I'm sure there's tables in the lobby. I should know these things, sorry. But I would encourage you, and, and, and to the men, to the husbands, step up a little bit, let your wife go, take care of the kids for the weekend. I can say that I don't have them yet, I don't know. So I can encourage you to do it, but I would encourage you guys sign up for that because we really believe at Kensington, like when you get away for a weekend, when you get away on a retreat, significant life change happens. And also just get it on your radar. Some of you guys know we have rock your family coming up in July, July 13th and the 14th. And, and I've talked to so many families and I, I guarantee you it will be one of the best things you could do for your family this summer. So get that on your calendar. And like I said, we got Michael Bouchard coming up tonight. We're going to baptize some people. He's going to bring us through. The midst of the storm, week two. We can bring it up for Michael. I heard some claps out there. Come on, Michael. And why don't you guys get up, say hi to someone next to you, and we'll continue on with our night. Thanks.
0: More than a me, Yes, Lord. Then He picked me up and
1: showed me what it means to be a man. Come on and see. Oh.
4: over there. Good evening, Kensington. Okay, well, some of you are excited. That must be Breakaway over there. Is that Breakaway? Yeah, that's our middle schoolers over there. So clearly you're going to be the loudest in the room tonight. Well, uh, my name is Michael Bouchard. I'm one of the children's pastors here at Kensington. We want to welcome you here tonight. I also want to welcome those who are watching us on live stream, including my mother, who a couple of minutes ago, right before service, I was like, Mom, what are you doing? She's up in Flint. And I was like, Mom, what are you doing tonight? And she's like, well, I can't go to church because I'm all, you know, iced in. And I was like, well, you can download the app. And so my mom, it took me like 15 minutes of walking through on speakerphone, my mom downloaded the app and Hi, Mom. Hi, Mom. I don't know where the camera is. Hi. So, uh, uh, by the way, if my 76-year-old mom can download an app over speakerphone, you all can figure out how to use this app, too. That's all I'm saying. So, uh, we are in the middle of our series about storms, the storms in our life. And I'm not talking about the storms like we've seen this weekend, right? That's kind of—that's a crazy storm. We're talking about the storms, like the things we experience that are undesirable, like the things that catch us, either there's a storm that we create, like we make a decision and it comes back to haunt us, or somebody else creates one for us, or maybe just sometimes it's a storm that creates itself. So when these storms hit, especially the ones that catch us off guard, what do we do? How do we respond? And that's what we're talking about tonight. If you missed last week, Dave Wilson, our lead pastor, was here and he was talking about God's presence and remembering that God is with us in our storm. But how do we respond? So before we begin, I'd like you to join me in praying. If you would bow your head and close your eyes. Father, I thank you for your son, Jesus. I thank you that yesterday is gone. Today is new. Thank you for being with us in our storms. And I pray tonight you speak to us. Open our minds so that we can think like you. Open up our ears so we can hear you talk to us. And open our hearts so we can learn how to love others and you even more in our storms. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So right now I'm going to begin by inviting the ushers to come down. We're going to take our offering at the beginning. So when they come by, they're going to be passing a plate. And if you, uh, if you want to participate with us, then that's awesome. If you're here and it's like your first time and you're, not, you're, you're kind of new here, just you can let it slide. You can, you can join with us or if you would like to, but you don't have to. Uh, this, we're just glad that you've joined us tonight and you've uh, left your icy caves to get here. So how many of you have ever been in like an actual physical storm, like a really bad one? Yeah. I had this one time that when we were kids uh, growing up in Flint, uh, it was like the middle of the summer. And we went to, uh, to Kroger to get ice cream. And so while we were in Kroger, like half our family went in and half of our family stayed in the car. I stayed in the car with my mom and my niece, who's my age. And, and while we were in, this, in the car, just sitting out in the car on this sunny day, out of nowhere, a storm hit. Now, we didn't have smartphones and apps to figure out when the weather was going to hit when we were younger, did we? No, we didn't have any of that, kids, right? We didn't have tablets. What? Yeah, so we didn't know when storms were going to come. Like they would tell us on the news, but they were always wrong. So that day a storm hit and actually a tornado hit while we were in the car in the parking lot and it lifted our car off of the ground while we were in it. And then it dropped dropped us down and went away. Weirdest thing ever. That's not the kind of storm we're talking about today. Okay, we're talking about the storms of our lives in our story that we're learning about. Actually, we've been talking about this guy, this whole series. His name is Paul. So I'm just going to jump right into Paul's story right here because we're going to see a storm, something difficult that he went through and see what maybe we can learn from him in this story. So at this time in the story, Paul was going on what's called missionary journeys. You see, Paul was known for taking the story of Jesus to all the places that nobody else wanted to. And one of those places he took the story of Jesus to was a town called Philippi. Now, uh, midweek, you guys are talking about Philippians, right? That's the book you're reading? Well, the church that he wrote to in Philippians started here with this story. So when Paul got to Philippi, it was actually the the first Europe, what we would call now modern-day Europe, the first european city that had ever heard the gospel of jesus before and when when paul got there him and his people they started teaching about jesus and people wanted to follow him and it started changing people's lives in just a few days the church kind of sprang up and as soon as it did the storms started to hit in fact it started with a young girl so let's read what happened so one day as we were going to the place of prayer luke is the guy who's writing this He said, we met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. She earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes and followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants from the most high God and they have come to tell you how to be saved. So she started telling everyone and shouting anytime they would talk. And she followed them around. You guys know the classmate in your class that just is always tattletales? Right? They're always like telling on you for what you're doing. That's what she was doing, except she was following them everywhere that they went. And it annoyed Paul. It even says it annoyed Paul to the point that he turned around and he cashed the spirit out of her. He healed her on the spot. That sounds like a good thing, right? Well, it should have been, but it didn't turn out that way because the people who owned her, her masters watched, they, they watched their income disappear like that. They had no more money if she couldn't do her job. So they got so upset that they took him before the officials. Have you ever done something that was good and you, you, you actually ended up paying for it later? you done the right thing and, and it didn't turn out well. That's what happened here. Like maybe you stood up for yourself at work and then you got dinged for it. Maybe you created boundaries and it didn't work out so well for you. Or maybe you confessed or apologized to something that you did and they didn't take it too well. Or maybe you've... Ever had to try to help a toddler put on shoes when you're already 10 minutes late, right? Yeah, we've had times that it blows up in our face and this is what happened with Paul. You see where they were at, people didn't know who Jesus was. People in the town of Philippi, which would be like modern day Greece, they didn't know who Jesus was yet. See, what Paul was preaching was dangerous. He was saying things like, love your neighbor, love your enemies as well and treat everyone the way you want to be treated, which would also include your slaves, See, Jesus, he, 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 Jesus is not a moderate, right? Jesus is someone who's a radical and so is his story and it was dangerous. So they wanted to get rid of him. So they, they tried to shut Paul down and it says that they, oh, I turned the wrong one. It says that they took him, a mob came and it says here in verse 23, it says they were severely beaten. They were thrown in prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. The jailer put them in the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in stock. So they took Paul and Silas and all the rest that were with them, and they put them in jail for what they were preaching. So if you've ever been in a real storm outside, and we need some audience participation here, if you've ever been in a real storm outside, what are you supposed to do? What are the rules for being in a storm? Shelter. Shelter. There you go. Good. Thank you. Cody. Yes. Shelter. Yeah, you seek shelter, right? What else do you do when you're in a storm? What do you avoid? Trees. Oh, there we go. Trees. Yeah, I heard somebody say windows. Right. So there's, there's really only two steps when you're in a storm and, you, and it catches you by surprise. First of all, you do what you can. You do what you can. You seek shelter. You stay away from windows, stop, drop, and roll, whatever it is. But then step two, what do you do? Well, well actually, that's it. Because then it, the rest of it is up to the storm. You see, it's in the middle of a storm that we find ourselves with common, having common ground with Paul. Because we all face storms in our lives. I and mean, sometimes we face little sprinkles, right? A difficult class that we're in. Or maybe a fender bender or unexpected project gets dropped off at work. Or maybe we have downpours, like the wrong person at work gets promoted. Or you and your kids find yourselves at odds with each other. Or maybe there's a bully that you face all the time. Or or another storm, maybe sometimes there's those those category 5 hurricanes that hit. Like you get the pregnancy test results back, and they weren't what you were expecting. Or you get the pink slip, and you lose your job, or you find out someone is sick, or someone you know dies. So in storms, we do what we can. But even our greatest ability exhausts exhausts itself into inability. What do you do when your greatest attempts matter just about as much as hands and feet that are bound to the ground. What do you do when there's nothing else that you can do? So Paul and Silas, they find themselves in a place just like this. They can't go anywhere. They're trapped. And actually the way that they were... Well, I think we got a picture of the kind of jail cell they may have been in. And what they would do is they would cram them down in these tiny spaces and they would lock their hands and feet up and they would put them in a painful position where they could barely breathe. And the guards were watching him. There was no way he could get out... So what did they do when they couldn't do anything else? Well, here's what it says. It says, around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying. They were singing hymns to God. And you got to notice this. And other prisoners were listening. That detail comes in later. So prayer, we get that, right? We get that. When, things, when bad things happen, we can't do anything. You know, we, we, we may feel like asking God to help us out with that. But, but singing? Really? That Why, why would they sing? How could they sing? Some of you are singers in the room. Like you sing all the time. My wife does this all the time. She's always singing all the time. She sings to me. She sings to the dog. She sings to nobody. She's always singing. I'm not like that though. How could they sing? Why would that be their near jerk reaction? Well, here's the thing with Paul. You have to know. Paul wasn't always Paul. He used to be what? What was his name? Saul, right? Saul was known for getting rid of Christians. Getting rid of Christians. He went from he started off like being against them and making laws against them but eventually he got to the point where he killed them. The name of Saul would make a first century Christ follower shake in their boots. If he were alive today we would call him a terrorist. And see he encountered Jesus at some point and it changed him. And if Jesus could forgive Saul for his life and everything he did, if Jesus could change his change his life, then the chains that were holding him down They had nothing on him. See, Paul didn't know what was coming next in his storm. He didn't know what was going to happen the next day. But he didn't have to because he knew that he was already free. How could he sing? Because he was already free. He knew that God could do something great. So they prayed, they sang, and the clouds began to shift. If we continue, it says, Suddenly, There was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open. The chains of every prisoner fell off. And the jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed, the jailer assumed, that the prisoners had escaped. So he drew his sword to kill himself. See, the the chains that were holding him fell. The walls crumbled. The lights went out. They were free. By the way, we found out later, it wasn't even legal for him to be in there because they were a Roman citizen. So they had to go through due process, and they weren't given that. He wasn't even, it wasn't even legal that he was in there. Everything opened up for him. And the jailer knew he couldn't go catch them all. He can't get all of them. And he also knew that if he lost a single prisoner, he would face their fate. So rather than put his hands in the torturous hands of the Roman government, he was going to take his own life. You see, this is where Luke flips the script of this story. This whole time, you think the miracle is actually the the earthquake. You think the miracle is what, the chain's falling off, but what he's showing us here is there's a whole different kind of miracle going on. Paul sees what's happening, and he shouts out. It says in verse 28, Paul shouted out to him, Stop! Stop! Don't kill yourself! He said, We are all here I think think this is the beginning of the real miracle. What's the beginning of the real miracle? What's part one of the miracle? Well, they stayed. They didn't have to stay, but they did. The storm broke, the chains were gone, they didn't move. You see, if we focus, one thing we learn from them is that if we focus in the middle of our storms, if we focus just on the end of the storm, we run a high chance of missing what God might want to do in your storm. See, Paul and Silas, they understood this deep truth. Back in K Kids, we would say, This is your bottom line for today. See, even in our biggest storms, God is always up to something more. When they put their storm in God's hands, when they prayed, when they sang, see, what it did is it drew their eyes up to God. It lifted their minds, it lifted their hearts, it lifted their spirits. This is why we can sing in the middle of our storms because it lifts us up. It drew their eyes up to God and they placed it in their hands. And when they did that, God drew their eyes out so they could see something different that he was doing. And they realized when they looked out, they were not the ones in chains. The jailer was. So it continues. The jailer, as soon as he heard the voice, it says, in verse 29, it says, The jailer called for the lights and ran to the dungeon and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He brought them out and he said, Immediately, sirs, what must I do to be saved? You see, they put their money where their mouth was. I told you earlier to remember that detail. It said that they prayed, said that they sang, and then what? It said others listening. Others listened. The people in the jail heard them. He heard their songs. He heard Their prayers. He knew what they preached, but it didn't click until they stayed. See, the fact that they stayed made the jailer believe that everything they said was true. If they would have taken off, then everything they said, everything they believed would have been worth nothing to him, but they stayed. They reached out. See, when the jailer saw that what they had was real, he wanted in. And I would say that today in our day, that's probably why there are so many people in our culture who do not like the church. Because they hear our songs. They know our prayers. They know what we preach. But at the end of the day, we leave the church doors open and we go home. And we don't take the good news of Jesus to our work. We don't take the good news of Jesus to our schools. Or we say, God loves you, but I'm not going to do anything to help you. Which, by the way, for the move out conference that we're doing, this is why you should sign up for it because we wanna be a people who don't do that. We wanna be people who are like Paul and Silas and who are willing to not just say God loves you, but to go and show that God loves you, to meet your needs where you are at, because Jesus meets ours where we're at. And here, this is what they do. And it changes the jailer instantly. He wants in, because who wouldn't want that? And they replied to him, they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, you'll be saved along with everyone in your house. See, here is the real miracle. It's not the earthquake. You may think that the earthquake and the chains are the miracle, but if you ask the jailer, it was him. You may think Paul and Silas are the main characters of this story, but if you ask the jailer, it was him. And then it continues. It continues. And it says, even at that hour of the night, the jailer cared for him and washed their wounds. And then everyone in his household was immediately baptized in the middle of the night. They couldn't even wait. So I want to leave you with this. If you're in a storm, for those of you who are in a storm right now or experiencing something difficult, four words, look up, look out. Look up to see what God is doing. Look up and give Him your prayers. Pray out to Him. Call out to Him. And then sing out to Him. Know that if you are a follower of Christ, you are already free. There's nothing more that can happen to you. Look up and then let Him help you look out and see what He wants to do. And that's how we're going to end today. We have baptisms. And what are baptisms? Baptisms are just, we're going to have some people come up and share their stories. And what they're going to do is get in this tub. And they're declaring to the world that they were once like the jailer. They were once like Saul who turned into Paul. They were once like me. And Jesus met them and changed them. And they're declaring to the world. And one of the best ways to look up is to sing. It is to tell God that you trust him. It is to give him your storm in the middle of. Of the storm, So we are going to take a moment and we're going to sing. We want you to join in with us and lift up your voices and sing. And then we're going to celebrate together these lives that were changed. And I know there may be someone in here who in this moment, you're like, hey, maybe I want to do that. Guess what? It's okay. You can. We're going to have a moment at the end where if you want to get baptized and you weren't even prepared for it, but you know you trust Jesus and you want to declare to the world and maybe this is your moment to be like the jailer, we'll be like the jailer. You don't have to wait until next time we baptize. Baptize now in the middle of the night. You can come right now. But we're together. I'm going to pray and then we're going to sing and we're going to hear some awesome stories and baptize and celebrate the rest of the evening. God, I thank you for your son, Jesus. I thank you for stepping into the, our storms and calling, calling us out of our storms for being with us. Help us, no matter who we are or where we're at, to look up to you and to look out. And see what you are doing right in the middle of our storm. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.
5: Who am I that the highest would welcome? I was lost, but he brought me. His love for me, oh, His love
6: Jesus, life was good, but something was missing. I was happy, but I wanted to be more than just happy. I started coming to church with my sister, and Dave's message started resonating with me week after week. Uh, It was by listening to Dave and seeing how my sister, brother in law, and my brother in law's parents lived out their Christianity that I decided I wanted to be all in. Since I started following Jesus, my life has been great. I'm more optimistic, and I find I get less stressed. Uh, when I'm in the middle of a storm. God works in some pretty amazing ways. Before the stage of this campus was remodeled, uh, people had an opportunity to write a name on the old stage of someone that they wanted to find Jesus. A few months ago, my sister informed me that she wrote my name on that stage. And here I am today, ready to take my next step with Jesus. Uh,
7: Surprised by this first sentence, but Jesus has completely changed my life. <laughs> Super surprising, right? <laughs>
1: um,
7: I was in a pretty physical and verbally abusive marriage, and I turned to Jesus, and everything just kind of seemed to get easier and get better, and. My life just got peaceful, and I was able to pull myself out of it, and it was glorious. And I was never mad at him for being in the situation I was in. I was mad because I lost him. And I just never want to do that ever again. And I'm declaring it today. That I'm, I will never lose him ever again.) <laughs> Baptized, I was five days old, and my parents did a great job raising me faithfully in the church. I was involved, but I never felt like I had a connection with God. He was just this being that had rules, and I had to follow these rules to get into heaven with him. Fast forward to 2016, my husband and I went to Kensington Church, and I ended up signing up for a Bible study. And serendipitously, Ann Thompson was my leader. Little did I know how much of an impact she would have on my life. She took me under her wing and taught me everything that I needed to know about God. She taught me about how good he is for me and the desires that he has for my life. That he's not just a bunch of rules. In
5: 2017...
7: Ann and my husband encouraged me to go to Smash 48. I was really hesitant because I didn't know anybody there. I knew one person. Nonetheless, I signed up, and that decision catapulted a change in my life. That weekend, I heard God for the first time. He spoke to me, and he taught me and just told me everything I wanted to know about him. I was able to realize that while he does have rules for us, all he really wants for us is to love and follow him. I have a deepened faith and a strong relationship with God now. Although my relationship with him has been tested, he remains true to me.
8: Hi, my name's Matt. Uh, They wanted me to tell you an uplifting story about how I met Jesus, but I don't follow rules, so I'm going to quote a little Kid Rock and tell you who won the war. Um, I was one of those kids born in the church. I got saved at an age young enough I don't specifically remember. But my parents wisely said, wait to get baptized until you feel it. Um, Fast forward a few years, I started getting teenage, and I started feeling self-conscious about it. Why get baptized now? People will wonder, didn't you get saved before? So I put it off. Devil went around Uh, Got a little older. My daughter got saved, and I thought, oh, well, this will be cool. I can get saved with my daughter. And at that time, I was attending a church that I had grown up in. I was back, and the man who had been the youth pastor at that time was now the pastor. And I thought, wow, this would just be a nice little full circle closure. And he retired before I got around to doing this. Double one another round. Uh, Then I met Amanda, and she started igniting her faith and we started talking seriously about getting baptized made an attempt last summer and weather canceled the event devil wins again (laughs) we weren't able to pick up the makeup date because we were out of town so we were going to do it in november and her brother was graduating from the marines so we put it off again So, we get to this weekend, we make plans for her family to come up from Ohio, Uh, we make plans for my daughter to come from Ann Arbor to witness this, wake up this morning and find out they have canceled all the services and there's no baptism. So, Mr. Satan, I see your angry scowl, I see your fist of rage, but I hope you can see my middle finger from this stage, because we're doing this right here, right now.
5: hate it all.
2: night, and it's amazing singing that song. We're not just singing it, we're not just lifting up a, a song to God, but we're actually visually seeing the reckless love of God right in front of us. As people are being dropped into the water, which represents a depth, a depth. Of an old life and coming up, which means the awakening, the resurrection of a new life in Jesus Christ, a public declaration that my life will be used and live for Jesus Christ. And so what I, I would love to do is we're going to sing that bridge all together and we have one more song, but I want to encourage you as we sing that and we close up here There's some of you in this room and God's doing something in your heart. It says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom and the spirit of God is here tonight. And the reckless love of God right now, whether you do it or not, whether you're fully clothed or not, he is pursuing you right now. And there is an invitation on the table to say, come get into the tub and make a declaration for your life that I'm going to live for Jesus. Make a declaration for your family that all of you are going to live for Jesus. It's interesting in the story we read in Acts 16, the jailer gets baptized and they go to the house and the whole family gets baptized. And I really believe there's men in this room tonight, there's families in this room tonight, there's women in this room tonight where God really wants to breathe resurrection over your family. God wants to bring resurrection into your life. And I really believe there is a kairos moment right now, which means there's a moment in time. there's, There's two words in the Greek for time. There's chronos, which means the ticking clock, like day-to-day moment. And then there is the kairos, the kairos moment where the, the spirit of God, where heaven breaks into your life. And there is a moment when heaven breaks in. It's a moment unlike any other moment where we need to decide to respond. And when you respond to those moments, it actually can change the trajectory of your life. And so what I would invite us all to do, why don't we all stand right now and with everything we have, sing out that bridge, no... No wall you won't kick down, because that is truth tonight. Wherever you're at in this room, that God is pursuing you. Some of you already know he has you. And I would encourage you right now, as we sing this and we go into this last song, if you feel it in your heart as I'm talking, you're saying for your own life, maybe for your family, maybe for your kids, that you want to come over here and get baptized, there'll be people over there. And I would encourage you right now, if it's even maybe I should get over there, fully clothed, God sets you up. You came here tonight, and he wants to change your life right now. So why don't we just go into that bridge, sing it. We got one more. But man, it's a good night, huh? It's a good night. Why don't we sing this one with everything you have? If you want, lift your hands. Let's just sing
5: it out. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. No shadow, you won't light up. Mountain, you won't climb up. Coming after
1: me. Snow, you won't kick down. I won't.
2: Be fun, huh? That's pretty good. Let me hear you guys. Let me hear you. Give them a shout. Hey, so if you if you're still in here and you're like, man, I want to do that, there, there's people over there to go talk to. But you guys are dismissed. Have a great night. Just just a reminder: midweek, 7 p.m. this Wednesday night. Please come back. And next week we're continuing the series, riding through the storm. So come back here Sunday. Hopefully there's no real storms and we'll be back here. Have a great night. Thanks for coming. We love you guys. Have a great week.